back to our interviews. Today we have on a special guest, Kelly Graffiti. He's an artist and yeah, tell us about your art. Hello everyone. So um, basically I started off when I was about 13-ish. I was doing graffiti like on everything that I could. So I was like tagging my exercise books in school. I was just literally continuously drawing to a point where in my actual school lessons, I'd have a substitute teacher who would sit next to me and would make me do my work and then give me a spare piece of paper and be like, okay, you can just go and tag this whole piece of paper now. And you can tag whatever you want on it and just draw like that's how addicted I was. And I was just doing graffiti because of culture. So it was just like anything hip hop, anything rap grind, whatever it was. And I was just tagging everything. I was in that whole street vibe. And then um, later on in my life, obviously, as things started happening, um, Islamophobia became a really, really big thing. Like, you know, when you had ISIS and everything all over the news. And that's when, like, my perspective on things started changing. So I ended up um, looking a lot into my own faith and whatnot, because obviously I knew that, okay, you know what, people will ask me things or people will say a lot of things. And if I don't have answers, and then, you know, I'm, I don't have the proper wording, then obviously, how am I going to like spread any positive message? How am I going to have an impact on people and actually show what it is for what it is? So um, I started looking into religion a lot, I started learning, and then I started going into, you know, college and everything. And then I did my whole degree in um, Islamic jurisprudence and theology. But at that time, I was learning Arabic, and I've always had a liking for Arabic because if you look at the language I personally believe that the way Arabic looks is so smooth and it's really elegant and what I wanted to do from my art at that time is I didn't want to talk because I know that words can be very sensitive to some people mm -hmm. and I might end up saying something that could offend somebody else and they got the whole meaning twist so I thought want to say anything so what I'll do is I'll draw it out and I'll express what I'm feeling so I started integrating Arabic and graffiti into one which is how I came up with calligraphy so I don't follow traditional calligraphy um, just to show that you know graffiti is a western art and Arabic is an eastern art and uh, I just wanted to show that west and east can mix and Muslims you know are integratable into society and we can live next to each other without an issue. So that's basically why I mix English and Arabic into my art. And yeah, and that's basically when I started calligraphy and that's how I came up with it. That's so cool. So you basically yeah, used yeah. it as your outlet for your expression and it was your passion, but that was kind of your way to show people like the way that you feel and what you really love. And I think that's amazing. That's really cool. And you're so yeah, that's that's what it was. It was just a matter of um, I didn't want to say anything because obviously, you know, when it comes to politics, it's like you can just say anything and somebody could hold it against you. 
Mm -hmm. The only way to get around that is by not saying anything. But if you're expressing something into your art, what can someone really turn around and say? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the message is very clear. Yeah. But that's how I got into it. And then obviously as life goes on, I started doing a lot of mental health awareness. Um, because there were a lot of incidents that, you know, happened along the way. And there's just so many different things that I went through in life where I felt like, okay, you know what? Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you're the only one that's been through it and you constantly feel something, but you can't really explain it to someone because they haven't been through it as well. So that you feel like, okay, they wouldn't understand that kind of lonely space. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, this is definitely affecting my mental health. I just don't know how to explain it. And I don't know whether I should believe I'm depressed or something. So I started getting into a lot of like mental health awareness and just going into it a lot. Um, because people are always in situations and they don't understand what's going on or what's going on through their mind. And they feel like they're the different ones and they're the only ones. So it became a thing where I wanted to kind of normalize it and be like, no, people go through it every single day. You just don't know until someone's told you or someone else has experienced it and said, yeah, you know what, me too. So yeah, so that is. You're located in London, right? Birmingham, correct? Birmingham, yeah, Birmingham. So how is Islamophobia out there? Because we're all the way in the um, It's diverse. It changes a lot. Like in England, for example, we had like at one point there were acid attacks on muslims there was literally people uh, imagine you're parked up at a traffic light it's a hot day your window's obviously going to be down and then just imagine someone running up to your window and throwing acid through your window just because you are either brown skinned or let's just say for example you had a hijab on because a lot of women were attacked in England, a lot of women. Um, or it was a case of, for example, like, um, pretty much it was a lot of women getting attacked. And it was a case of, like, just women who were wearing niqab or burqa or hijab. And they were just walking down the road and a gang of people would just come up to them, pull their scarf off, you know, beat them up or something and then just run off. Or, like, guys were just getting attacked randomly and you know, racist, um, well, I would say racist remarks were made. And it came to a point where it was like my own mom and dad were like, listen, when you go out, be careful, stay with your friends and don't ever be on your own. Like that's the kind of fear that my own parents were getting. And I come from a very multicultural area. Mm -hmm. So it's not common where I am, but you know, when you go to the city, it's different. And it was just crazy. It was like, you know, this is literally the fear that people are living in right now. And it just became such a common thing. Like even little kids at the age of like 11, where you'd hear stories that, cause I teach. So my students who were like 11 years old were like coming up to me saying, oh, what does this mean? Someone called me this today. And it'd be a word like someone called me a jihadi today. And I'm just like, how does a kid learn that and how does a kid know to call another kid a jihadi like where do you get that from do you know what i mean it's just so, so it's just crazy man have you ever faced it like um directly oh yeah plenty of times i've faced it i used to get it all the time sorry say that again 
What's the worst experience that you've ever experienced with Islamophobia, Derek? Um, where do I start? Okay, so back when I was in school, um, as an adult, I've never had it since I've grown up a bit. Um, but I'd say back in school, when I went to school, it was literally me and six other people. And we were the only Muslims in the whole school. And once, I kid you not, I had about 150 people, literally. It was like two years worth. I don't know how you would classify that where, you know, in America, but imagine that you have a year seven and eight. So that's like 13 to 14 year olds and 14 to 15 year olds. Yeah. And there was like 150 people literally marching behind me and just my best mate. And both of us just looked at each other and we were just like, you know, these are going to come and all of them are literally going to come and try and stampede on us. But when me and him were young, I would say we were quite brave. So we just turned around and we were like, let's have it, man. And we, would, we just weren't scared of anything. That's just the way we were. We were like, let's go for it, man, because I ain't going to back down. Yeah. No way. Like, I'm never going to back down because there was like five other people, but that out of them five, like three of them were girls. So we were like, look, if we take it, they're just going to go and do something to these like, as well. Yeah. And they might not be as mentally strong or as physically capable as we are. So we just stood up to it. And to be fair, within the next few years after that, nobody was saying anything. Like they knew, okay, you know what? When words and abuse don't get to them and they ain't scared physically, they literally just don't want to say anything after that. It's like, oh, there's no point. Yeah. So it's like action and reaction, isn't it? But yeah, how is it in the States for you lot? I don't feel like we really talk, um, we I don't really talk about that yeah. as much. No, but like, have you ever experienced it? I mean, um, I haven't, I mean, personally. I mean, I haven't, no. Year, no, like I haven't experienced that. Um, like your story is, you know, crazy. And we do, like, we do have cases that yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, like there was like a recent uh, case that happened where the in Colorado they like burned this Muslim's family's house down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, their family. There's, there's so, a lot of there's a lot that happens here, but like, have you ever directly had it happen? I've never directly yeah, experienced. I, that. I feel like it happens. Wow. Star, hijab. I mean, um, growing up in the school because I'm Middle Eastern, like I would get made fun of because I was you know, like darker, like if I had oh, like yeah. hairy, but to your extent of what yeah, you no, like you experienced, yeah. no. What I just said was happening on a weekly basis. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's on a weekly basis, every day. Yeah. I'll be honest, every day of my first year of high school. Yeah. Wow. That was a daily basis. That was every single day. Morning till I literally got home. Actually, you know what? Once it followed me all the way up to my doorstep, all the way up to my doorstep. So what happened? I would get, yeah, I'm not joking. Like, um, there used to be a couple of guys that used to get on, like the same bus I used to get on and the same stop. And that was literally down the road from my house. So you could like see the bus stop from my window. And these guys, they actually followed me all the way to my doorstep. And... I was like, you know what? If you're gonna follow me, let's go for it. Cause I know that my two older brothers are home. And you know, I was like, I ain't gonna back up. I just never ever it was like um You're one brave What's little... that instinct called? 
Yeah, yeah. It was like a fight or flight. So I was so used to getting into fights and stuff because I just, I would never, ever let people who were like that have a stand over me. I just ever wouldn't. It's like, there's no way I'm going to let that happen. So anyways, these guys followed me. And one of them was about six years older than me, by the way. About six years older than me. He had height on me as well. This guy was a giant. And he followed me to my house. And I was like, you're taking it far, man. So then my brothers ended up coming out the house and we had builders doing work in our house at that time. So these builders turned around and they were like, yo, what's going on? And I was on like levels with my builders because I would chat to them every morning and have a cup of tea with them in the morning, proper British culture. So I'd have a full on cup of tea with them before they'd start the work. So they looked at me and they were like, what's going on? And then I was like, these guys are following me, man. They're calling me all sorts. And then they were like, Oh, really? And then this guy was like, uh, guys, we got to go. And then they literally ran off. Crazy. That's but you know what was amazing? Golden. I'll tell you what was amazing. His dad came to the bus stop the next day. Mm-hmm. And in front of me, he literally slapped his eldest son around the head. And he goes, if you ever disrespect anyone and I hear about it, like I have heard. Yeah, he goes, I'll make sure that I beat you up in front of them. He goes, I don't want nothing racist coming out your mouth. And... That day it clicked to me that, you know what, it's literally just what goes on around youngsters and what they hear and what they want to pick up on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just mad. So then when you were just going through all that, I mean, is that how art became your form of expression during that time? Yeah, definitely. Because um, like I said, like when it comes to words, I'm a very bold person and blatant and I have no filter so I knew that expressing through words is not my thing like I could say a lot that could offend people whereas when I express it through art I'm literally just expressing what I'm feeling it's coming down into paper like you know so there's nothing that could go wrong it's just what I feel and how I see things And it's something that everybody can agree to. Like, I don't know anyone who's going to turn around and say, you know, oh, why do you care about depressed people so much? Or why do you care about people that want to commit suicide? I think everybody knows someone that's been affected by it. So Mm -hmm. it just came into play afterwards. But that is initially where my art started off. I think art is so powerful. It is. I mean, like like you said, there's some things you just can't put into words. And you know, for you, putting that out there is just like a form of expression, you know, like sometimes I'll sit there and I'll paint and like, you're just painting and sometimes words aren't enough, right? So you just put your heart on this piece of painting or, you know, um, yeah. your what you do. And I think it's, it's a powerful, there's nothing more powerful than art. No, and it leaves so much room for interpretation. Yeah, definitely. Because anyone can like, say if someone's depressed or someone feels like any different type of you know, feeling, you can look at a picture and it's crazy because you can take so much from just looking at mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. You can't just take one thing from the yeah. art. You can just take so much. And, um, and I love art, you know, for me, I'm not, I mean, I can't call myself like an artist. I do makeup, but I don't paint like that. Um, but I love looking at art and it's so therapeutic and like painting is so you know like, what's interesting is when I said like art, like you can't speak the things that you're putting out. Yeah. Like art, art-wise, like if you notice in children, um, a lot of the times they are kind of hard to express what they feel, you know, because they're shy. Mm-hmm. But like, let's say you give them painting or give them something to draw on. Yeah. They're gonna put all of their expression into that piece of art. Like, 
and a lot of the times teachers will notice this. That's why I like that you referenced that your teacher did that for you when you were younger, because she knew, okay, this kid, he's very creative, and this is his form of expression, mm-hmm. right? So, it, I mean, that was good of her to know it that. Because me as a little kid, they, I, I was always doodling. Everything yeah. on my notebooks, everything I was doodling. And me my too. teacher went up to my mom, and instead of, like, helping me and, like, maybe you know, um, feeding that creativity. She told my mom, she's like, oh, your daughter, I think she has ADHD. And I'm like, well, thank you. Just because mm. I can't, I'm too busy, you know, being creative. Oh, you snap. To teachers. I mean, you know you're a teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. That but, uh, you know what? I, I give her props because honestly, like, she was the only teacher that would understand, like, my addiction drawing and like obviously my art teacher loved me she loved me my passion was 110 I was like in there do you know what I mean but um, my English teacher she like hated my guts but the substitute teacher she loved me like what's wrong with him let him just pay attention read the book yeah so like she was literally like no you do this first and then you get to draw and I was like okay fine and I'll just put my head down do everything and then I'd sit 50 minutes of the class I'd be sitting there doodling looking at everyone smiling thinking look at me man but that made me feel so much more better and that made me feel so much more comfortable and relaxed and enjoy the lesson a lot more because I knew that okay you know what she understands me she knows I can't stop and I'm just going to do it either way so it kind of like made me concentrate more when I needed to and then I could chill do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm glad she didn't tell my mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. You told your mom and dad, you said? No, I'm glad she didn't. I'm glad she didn't. I see she had your back. Yeah, she did. She did. <laughs> she thought, you know what? This guy has enough fights at school. I don't want him to go home and have a tussle there as well. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. crazy about the, how that guy was six years older than you. I think that's wild. You know what? That, that's crazy. I had that's a, just the beginning. Myself. Huh? That is just the beginning. There's been grown men at the age of like 13. Like when I say grown men, I mean like men who have kids with them in the car. Just shouting things out the window. I'm just walking on my own and just shouting things out the window. That's sick. That is. That's very sickening. To have to like go through that at such a young age too. Yeah, that's definitely Mm. not right. But you know what? In England, we hear it's so much more worse in America. Um, mm, I mean, I for me personally, when I was little, I, I used to get bullied. But I mean, it wasn't because of like how religion. I looked or my religion. Because like I would get bullied by like black people. You know what I mean? So I was like a little mm. bit lighter than them. And they would just be like, you're lighter than us. You're ugly. And like, you know, I just, I, but it wasn't because I was Arab. <laughs> you know what I mean? They would take me to the back yeah. of the and every day they would tell me that you know oh every day and it was this big girl she was like just the same thing like she was huge yeah. she me. i was just a little girl and i was just saying yeah, okay i'm ugly thank you <laughs> and i never like said anything you know i just went home and i thought about my day but we oh, never really, yeah. i never, never had that but i hope, I, like, I never had that either i honestly no. just dealt with like bullies like you like on my bus yeah. i had one kid and i will still remember him to this day he was a little bit oversized, big troublemaker. He would always sit in the back of the bus. And one day he just triggered me because he was picking on a younger girl. And long story, long story short, 
um, you know, she had a cover, uh, like a hijab on and I like stood up and I told him to come, to come by me. And he's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, you know what? I was like, we, we got off the same bus stop. And as soon as we got off the same bus stop, he literally went home like yelling at himself because I yelled at him, but I've never experienced that, but I'm very passionate. So I didn't, I didn't, that's it. I put a stop to it. I was yeah. like, I yeah well i stood up for the girl too because like that's good people like that like she wasn't saying anything she was so young and i was so much older and i'm like you know what if she was like affected by that what if she she didn't like it definitely affects people when they're younger i mean it affected me i'm sure it affected you i mean it affects everyone when they're younger like that there's all those kinds of people out there that are just like so miserable yeah it has nothing to do with us. It has to do with their own problems. But there's a lot of experiences here in the U.S. that mm-hmm. we'll hear about. It's not like it's uh, completely out of the picture. No, there's definitely discrimination. There's racism against Arab. Um, and I hear about it, but I, I've never really, like, personally ha- had it affect me. Yeah. Um, but that could be that, you know, I don't wear the hijab or my mom doesn't or my sisters don't but my sister actually you know what's crazy is my sister she's uh 13 now and she just put the hijab on last year and i get worried for her which is like i never worry about my sisters but for her i do because she wears the scarf and i know that people they have a hard time wearing the scarf in the u.s god knows if you know a guy or a racist girl or whatever they see her and they try to do something to her that that's worrisome you know what i mean so i mean i definitely see that it can happen um and can see it happening to her but i i mean that's something i would never wish upon anyone it's 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 devastating to have that happen yeah it's it's really sad man like i feel like you know when it's youngsters doing it youngsters who have a racist mindset they're not actually racist. I don't believe that they're racist. I believe kids are too uneducated. Like youngsters are too uneducated to understand what racism actually is. They don't understand the stance of what racism is. It's just a stigma of bullying. It's like some people like to bully because they might be taller than you and you look small to them. So they'll be like, ha ha ha, shorty. And then some people might be like oh you know you're darker than me or you're lighter than me in your case um or like some people will be like you know oh you've got so i don't know they just come up with anything any defect a person has in their eyes it's their own insecurities no but at that age it's a reflection of who their family is yes because they don't like you said they can't form their own you know their own mind at that age no when they're smaller it's from the parents like i feel like up until the age of like 10 not even like high school kind of like maybe like early stages of high school school. maybe middle school that's when like you can really tell if how the family is because of the kid and how the kid is you know so where are they going to come up with racist stuff like that well also too now i feel like there's more access though with social media and everything a lot of younger kids are sometimes looking at stuff but majority of it's from family no it is i mean it does come from the parents yeah it does so i mean i think the best thing to do is like in those situations just try to have like that form of expression you know to do to do something but um you know especially like now in these times too we have so much stuff going on especially with 2020 such a crazy year of just a lot of things and i feel like you know one of your recent pieces that i i saw of your work it was like the um, depression and just like all of these different things in one i mean 
so many people I'm sure can just look at that, connect with it and feel something because we all kind of go through different things of emotions. But I think this year has been such a hard year for everybody, you know, because you're by yourself. Or things are so different in your life. Your routines are changed. Everything's kind of changed. So also gives people time to be alone and like think of things too that they usually don't think yeah. Because they're on the run. 100%. You know, you know what was shocking, yeah, was that uh, with one of my pieces, basically, I used to do a lot about um, feminism before because within, like, I'd say the South Asian community, um, there's a lot of, you could say, what's the word I'm looking for now? Like, you know how you'd say that alpha male is like someone who is dominant, outspoken, whatever it is, attractive, um, money, things like that, yeah? So in the South Asian community, it's like women are meant to be submissive. Women are meant to be obedient. And I have like a whole debate, basically, on what obedience is and what respectful is, because I feel like there's a very, very thin line in between obedience and respectful, because obedient is like doing something because you're sub you are submitting to that person yeah. and that is only for God yeah whereas being respectful means you're doing something out of respect because you honor that person's words because you respect that person enough to go and do that thing for them regardless of how much they ask whereas obedience is when you do something without questioning without reasoning and obviously I'm talking about good things. So I'm talking about religion. I'm talking about praying and stuff like that. That is obedience to the Lord. Whereas respect is for everybody else. So they expect like, there's like an expectation of like, you know, women having to be obedient of women having to be this, women having to be that. And then it goes across to like just a general consensus where men feel like women should be like that. And they expect them to be like that and respect them a certain way. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just they don't, they just want obedience. That's all it is. It's just we just want them to be obedient. That is the mindset. So I used to do that a lot about feminism and, you know, female empowerment. And then I thought, you know what? I've noticed that, I, well, maybe nobody that I've seen, there might be people out there, but nobody that I've seen um, ever touches upon what men actually go through and what causes them to go through certain things. And there's always a thing where it's like, oh, social media, you know, makes women feel depressed because of appearance, makes yeah. women feel oppressed because of body confident issues and how, you know, one year um, big puffed up lips was the thing, like, you know, lip fillers and whatnot. Yeah. And then the next year it was like having thick eyebrows and stuff. And then with men, it's always money, class. I don't know, like some high profile guy. And men do have that expectation and men do feel insecure about these certain things. So I started doing posts about men and like their insecurities and the amount of response I got for it was crazy. Like so many guys are suffering from like this inferiority that they have. And I was shocked because I was like, wow, that's mad. So many people, I was absolutely shocked. Some of my closest mates came up to me and was like, Bro, that was powerful, man. Like, that's something I've been feeling, and I just thought I was being weak. Mm -hmm. 
and it's just crazy. It's like, you know, the whole thing of like men crying and it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's very feminine. Stigma. I think that's a big stigma. A lot of like, I feel like everyone really, they pay attention more on like the women's emotions and like tending for her needs and how she feels internally, but they kind of neglect the man. And if a man tries to talk about his feelings, uh, he's they're like more viewed as, yeah, or, like they're viewed as weak. You're not as much as uh, of a man. I, I, I've, I've, heard people personally who have been like oh he cries or he talks too he's too emotional and like honestly like isn't that what you should want in a person like they should be yeah. you shouldn't try to have them basically duct tape their mouths and or act you tough. know hide their tears and act tough like it's okay to cry just because we cry doesn't mean that they can't and actually there's like a statistic that men are actually more emotional than women they just harbor it better yeah you know what I mean? that's true women just we've just been given that ticket to go and cry and yeah. be emotional. Like it's okay. She's a girl. Mm-hmm. Fine. But I, I think that's, it's so wrong and it's so flawed, but I mean, what are you going to do? You know, th- there's so many people who they think like that a man is weak if he cries or if he talks about his feelings or if he doesn't have the status of another man. I and mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I definitely think that's something that, we need to focus on more as people i agree because like men are they have the same feelings yeah they do like what makes them not entitled to feel you know upset or you know want to express their emotions or cry like holding all that in you know i think going back to what you're saying yeah like it's a stigma Mm -hmm. because they feel like oh yeah i'm a i'm a guy i gotta you know be this like rock this tough person but i think that (laughs) It's like once uh, one person puts it out there and then one, they keep talking about it, then it's going to start to become more mm-hmm. natural. But it's because of that stigma. It's like you're a girl if you cry. Come on. It's... But I feel like that, that, that only applies, like being emotional only applies in person. Because I see mm-hmm. it online, like men and fem- women, they, they don't really post about their emotions either way. No. It's all surface, like yes. who's happy, right? Like that's more of an or in-person like type doing. of thing yeah. yeah that's more of an in-person type of thing because social media displays something completely fake it's a facade and nobody shows their emotions and if they do oh my god they're weird or you know other people, too much other people are gonna feed off of it they're gonna be like oh do you see her she's depressed oh you see him he's depressed so everyone isn't even everyone's not even comfortable with expressing their feelings which is it's just ridiculous in a way but I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's, that's powerful that you said that. Like, I'm glad that you touched on that because it's something that people just kind of brush under the table and hope it just disappears. All, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, um, one of my mates was actually telling me and he was like, you know what? I actually feel like stress and I feel anxious. And I was like, what? Man, I was like, what's up? And I realized that, you know what, with younger people as well, by the way. Yeah. And this is like, anyone I would say from the 16 year old to the 30 year old bracket okay because you know how they say like you've not really fully reached your potential until you're 40 Mm -hmm. yeah so I would say within the 16 to 30 year old bracket and I'll be honest I feel like God has kind of blessed me in a way like because I speak to um, a lot of people that are older than me and then I also teach a lot of people that are younger than me. So I'm getting like both sides of the story. And it's one thing of like young people having to be successful, like at a very young age and, you know, looking 
like they're made out of money and they know what they're doing and they're set for life and having all of these like like social media is just filled with it the only thing you will see are those good moments of someone or those positive mo- very rarely you will find someone who is actually honest and open about what's going on but most of the time it's like you know oh well when shopping today and then you'll see that four louis v bags and like a selfridge bag or something and it's just mad because like there's some people out there who are literally rationing at home do you know what i mean there's some people that those parents aren't well off or maybe well whatever the situation is it's just crazy but like there are people out there and they don't have that luxury so you know you get guys definitely guys 100 you get guys that are like depressed and they're like man i feel like i've got nothing i feel like i don't know what's going on and you know i'm lost in all sorts and i can't express it though so they keep it to themselves and trust me it does kill people man like in england i think the northern part of england the suicide rate in men is higher than women wow. and it's like nobody ever talks about it and it's growing every day and nobody ever talks about it so it's just crazy so like people have all sorts of reasons and social media is not the place to look for happiness definitely not i feel like people put out a lot of happiness stuff on social media because they try to convince themselves that they're happy Makes so by them. seeing their feed yeah Well, I'm happy, you know. It's like more of like covers up their thing, yeah. Covers up what they're really their pain that they're feeling. Yeah. I think that, you know, just like some ways to just like relieve that stress or like to get those feelings out could just be through painting. For me, it's writing. Like when I write, I I love writing, like I'll just journal and like just write about my day, write about what's going on in my mind. For me, that's my form of expression. And I think that a lot of people when they don't spend enough time with themselves or they get caught up in like what's going on in the world around them or like with social media it definitely can affect them in such a like a negative way like i always say social media is a, like a double edged sword you can use it for so much good but on the other side there can be a negative from it too so i think people just need to be like more aware about their feelings and be honest with with that with that. I feel like when you put a lot of like stuff on social media too just tapping into that. Yeah. Um whether it's you showing some of your emotions and not showing them that side of happiness, um you get a lot of reactions out of people. Mm-hmm. Like definitely like with how you write. Um I do poetry, right? So a lot of my poetry is super deep like it's not some happy stuff. No, it's not. It's like you're mm-hmm. in my mind and it's really deep stuff. And I get a lot of people who are like this is too deep. Uh we can't relate to this and I don't know why she puts like stuff up like that. It's so traumatizing. Uh and you know and it's just like it's my form of expression just because I'm willing to put out um something other than happiness um and you guys are perceiving it as negative is not my problem. You know like if it's perceived as negative that's fine. Like sometimes on social media that's the reality. Life is not all positive. life has a lot of negatives you know mm-hmm. what i mean and a lot of people need to start doing that and i'm sure with your art you know you put a lot of like the, the most recent post that you put i love that one right and it was too. about abuse uh, mental you know whoever wants to interpret it however they want but that picture it speaks volumes mm-hmm. um now some people might go on your page and they might be like well this is like really negative um i don't want to see this right 
or some people might relate to it but have you ever like gotten any negative feedback from the yeah i have I've, you know what there's been people that have just messaged me and been like bro i think you should just stick to the arabic and just leave out like the mental health awareness because it like will drive and he tried to be so understanding about it and this is just one out of like the hundreds that i can remember and it was like you know bro you need to be um a bit more thoughtful about people and like just leave it out because not everybody might experience that and then when they come to your page they'll think like you know um, negative things whereas because you're writing Arabic they think of religion which is positive and it just doesn't mix and I'm like what the hell is this guy chatting like are you crack room like that's what we'd say do you know what I mean I was just like what I was like Religion is the way you live. I was like, what has anything, like what has depression or anxiety or domestic abuse got to do with any of that? Do you know what I mean? Right. If anything, religion and any religion will tell you it's wrong. It doesn't have to be Islam. Any religion will tell you it's wrong to go and strike your wife in the face. Do you know what I mean? Or to go and, I don't know, verbally abuse someone or anyone. You know, as they say, always love your neighbour. So it's yeah. like, like, you know, what are you talking about? And that was just one of them that made no sense. So many other people have said to me, like, yo, this is too deep. Or, you know, yo, this is too negative. Or, you know, your vibes are kind of weird. And I'm just like, yeah, you carry on, man. Like, I ain't really fussed, you know what I mean? See, that's the thing. You so, just have to carry on. You, you just have to, have to keep, focus on what they You have to say. keep going, yeah. Because what if one thing that yeah. looks at, it saves them? What if it helps them? And gives them a light so you just gotta keep doing if anything even if it things. doesn't save them or help them it just shows them that other people are going through similar things they can relate to it and yeah i think that's, that's the point. biggest thing you know we need a i mean when i go on social media i want to make sure that people are going through similar things to me like you know i want to be following pages that are similar to the, the way that i think yeah you know, if i saw a positive everywhere i would delete instagram literally um yeah I mean, like, the, like yeah, it's, it's normal to yeah. feel a type of way. It's not like it's not normal yeah. to feel depressed. Yeah, and the biggest thing from that, when you get that type of feedback, you just ignore it. Carry on. You know, it's your it's your work. It's your art. If you want to be deep with it, that's what you're gonna do. And is it gonna affect people? Doesn't matter if it does, right? You're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, happiness is like the one side that people want and they focus on. But, like, I always have this thing in my head, like, you know what, yeah, Jay knows, but I have, like, a spectrum on everything. I have, like, opposites. I always have, like, a story or I always have, like, some kind of ratio to it. So, like, I always believe, like, you know how to say, like, um, let's just say light is the absence of darkness, yeah? So if there's, like, light in a room, then darkness is left. So it's, like, the half, you know, the glass, which is half full or half empty. So like I always feel like people, yes, they are looking for happiness. People want happiness because that's the opposite of what they've got at the moment, which means that they're not really so happy at the moment. So someone who's chasing happiness can't be happy because if they were happy, they wouldn't need to chase it, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to social media, I feel like, well, if people are chasing happiness that they don't want to follow sad pages and well, what they call sad pages, or, you know, they don't want to see deep art, it's probably because they're running away from that particular thing. 
and they're just absent-minded you know they're absolutely absent-minded to it and they're just like okay i want to ignore that completely and block it out because i don't want to be reminding myself of that anymore do you know what i mean yeah so definitely is people chasing happiness they're not happy people <laughs> believe me 100% i feel yeah. that we're going to wrap this up but before we wrap this up we want you to show us um <laughs> work firsthand yeah for sure for sure let's get this done i'll try to freestyle something and see what i can come out with basically wrote it the right way up and what I've then done is I've wrote it I've wrote the I've basically drawn the heart upside down and it's a broken heart yeah. and I've wrote it I've done it upside down because basically what I'm trying to show is just that sometimes when you're angry you don't know what you're saying you don't know what you're doing and you can break people's hearts and those who are broken may not show it which is why I did it upside down So it's just a way of saying everyone, you know, watch what you're saying and just be, you know, sensitive and let's just say feeling aware of how people are and what they're going through. And that's basically what this piece is representing. That is wow. beautiful. Like beautiful. But yeah, that is the show. <laughs> Tally graffiti everyone. Thank you for having me guys. Thank you very much. Love from the UK. We appreciate you. Bye. Bye. Bye.